This is Johnny. And I'm April. And we are hosts for the Ominous Podcast. We talk about the paranormal, true crime, conspiracies, and every creepy topic in between. Hey guys, this is episode one of the Ominous Podcast, where we're going to be talking about Stephen King's It. There are spoilers in this episode from the original TV movie, the remake, and the book. It also has graphic material about violence, so if you're squeamish, mute the whole episode until the very end. You have been warned. So, IT Chapter 2 releases this weekend. Are you excited? I'm hella excited. Yeah, me too. Do you even remember when you first saw the first IT? Yeah, I think I was around 11 or 12 and it was at a sleepover and we were going to Disneyland the next day and I didn't sleep. Yeah, I think I was 8 or 9 when I first saw it. Really? You were that young? Yeah. My parents really didn't care what I watched. <laughs> so I remember uh, my dad uh, taking me to watch Terminator 2 and I was like 9 or 10. Really? Yeah. Did you get nightmares then? Oh yeah. I had to sleep in my sister's room for like the next couple of days. Really? Did she watch it too? Yeah. My middle sister. She was into horror movies like I was. We would watch everything from Nightmare on Elm Street to uh, Halloween to Friday the 13th. Were you one of those kids who would partially cover your eyes? Like you would interlace your fingers where there's gaps so you could barely see what's on the screen? No, but I would run out of room. <laughs> For a little bit, then come back in. So with the remake out, what do you think in comparison to the original? I actually liked the remake a lot, the 2017 version. I felt the pacing was really good. I thought the chemistry of the kids were a little better as well. I know the 1990 version was a two-parter, so it kind of jumped back and forth, but I thought when it was more linear, the pacing was a lot better. The kids were for sure a lot funnier in the second one, <laughs> in the remake. Yeah. How about the portrayal of Pennywise? Which one did you like better? That's hard because I feel like they're both different renditions of Pennywise. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Tim Curry was a little bit more playful in his execution. Bill's kind of more sinister. Yeah, I, I can see that because Tim, I think he was more like Freddy Krueger where he likes to poke fun at the victim right before he does something. Yeah, exactly. In the remake, they kind of give the feel of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. So what are your expectations on the second one then? Because I heard that it's going to be almost three hours long, so I don't know how the pacing will be. Yeah, I don't mind it because I like the first one so much. I don't know. I don't mind. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about it and Pennywise in this episode. Maybe we should get some backstory to it. So the backstory is really weird. So it is actually a celestial being from the macroverse. Wait, macroverse? <laughs> yeah, it's its own separate universe that has nothing to do with our own, so. It sounds like something from Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, his story is pretty out there. But a lot of people actually think that when they think of it, his original form is actually a clown, but it's not. Apparently in the books, the human mind can't even comprehend what his true form looks like. And in the end of the original, when you see the spider, that's actually stated to be the closest thing that the human mind can comprehend to his true form. Oh yeah, they never just, they never touched on that in the, the movie because they just suddenly showed a spider. I thought it was kind of weird. It was so weird. I don't like how they ended it. <laughs> He's actually not the only one in his universe either. There's two other beings. 
There's his adversary, which is Mature. He's a turtle. <laughs> is that why Pennywise lives in the, the sewers? Because Turin also lives in the sewers with a rat named Splinter? Stop! <laughs> Anyways, so Maturin, he's actually the whole reason that our universe exists. Apparently, he had an episode of indigestion, and when he threw up, he actually threw up our universe. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, his character, he's kind of like the polar opposite of It, where It is kind of destructive and he causes chaos. Maturin is actually wholesome and he, he's more of like a creator, but apparently in like the stories, he kind of acts as a spectator. He doesn't really interfere with anything that's going on, except for the instance where he actually helps Bill. He tells Bill the ritual of Chud, which is what the Losers Club uses when they go off to fight it. So it kind of sounds like this is Stephen King's version of God or Devil. Is that what it is? They're kind of, they're kind of more like yin and yang. Oh, okay. They create a balance. There's actually an Easter egg in the the 2017 remake. When Bill is in his room, he picks up a Lego turtle from his nightstand. And that's actually supposed to be a nod to Maturin. I remember that scene. I also read that the director said chapter 2 would actually maybe touch on the ritual, but we'll see. Oh, I wonder how they're gonna... Yeah, because the first one was so grounded, more like reality-based. If they start throwing in this Maturin and all this macroverse stuff, it might throw it off a little. Yeah, I would imagine, but it's kind of, it's pretty out there. So there's also like a third entity in that universe, and his name is Gan, and he is actually stronger than both it and Maturin. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so when the Losers Club actually goes to fight it, Gan actually lends some of his power to them to help them defeat it. I wonder if the chapter 2 is going to touch on that as well. Maybe. Oh, by the way, the history of Pennywise uh, is from the book. I know many of you who only seen the movie might be like, what's going on? So does the book also touch on where Pennywise came from? So he is from the macroverse, but he comes to Earth in like an asteroid type of effect. And the crash site that he lands on becomes the town of Derry in Maine. And apparently he remains dormant until the settlers arrive. I know uh, the movie touched on his true form and they say something, it's like deadlights, that's what they called it? Yeah, so the deadlights are his true form and the human mind is not able to visually comprehend what he looks like. But in the movie, it's kind of portrayed as these bright orange lights and they appear a few times. In the 90s version, you kind of see them at the very end when the spider exposes the belly. And it's oh yeah. Also, in the, I believe in the in the sewers, when one of the bullies gets captured, right? He sees the yeah. light. Yeah, one of them gets devoured, and you see the lights kind of like pulsating. Yeah, and in 2017, you actually see it when Beverly gets captured. When Pennywise hyperextends his mouth and she looks down his throat, you could see the three lights kind of circulating. Oh yeah. So when you look into the deadlights, it's very fatal, right? They become catatonic or insane. Yeah, they do. But then it looks like some of them come out of it, though. 
One survivor was Bill's wife. Oh yeah, I remember that scene because she she goes looking for him and she stops at a gas station, I believe. Yeah, so in the 90s rendition, she actually asks for directions and the guy that ends up helping her is kind of like this sleazy gas station owner and it turns out to be Pennywise in disguise. Oh yeah, and then she sees into the lights and then she just completely goes catatonic. Yeah, but it's really different in the book because instead of Pennywise abducting her, it's actually Beverly's abusive partner. Huh. I wonder why they changed it. I don't know, because in the film he doesn't really play that big of a part outside of when she's an adult. Pennywise uh, shapeshifts a lot then, huh? Yeah, which form do you think was the scariest? For the 2017 version, I have to say either the painting, which was really creepy. That was really creepy. It kind of reminded me of Conjuring 2 when they show the nun oh, in the painting. Yeah. The hands go around the frame or something. Yeah, that scene, when I saw that, I thought I was going to shit my pants. What about the 1990 version? Uh, what was the scariest? I don't know, you first. I don't think... Any of them were particularly scary to me. Only when he's Pennywise the Clown that was the scariest. Well, I remember being creeped out in the second part when Beverly goes back to her old home and then the old lady that welcomes her in starts to slowly degrade. Oh yeah, where her teeth gets all black. Yeah, or when she's picking up the shattered pieces of the teacup and she looks up. Oh yeah, she's all like a corpse. That was creepy. Speaking of shape-shifting, in the movies, they don't really touch on what his power set is. He's got a lot. He has telekinesis. Telepathy. Oh yeah, that's one too. Teleportation, invisibility. Oh yeah, so I know uh, it's hard to determine which power is which. I, I believe in the movie when the balloons are moving against the wind, that's his telekinesis working. And in the 2017 version, when Beverly gets captured, he's able to keep her and his past victims afloat. Oh yeah. And then for telepathy, um, remember in the 2017 version where he's communicating to the bully Bowers to kill his uh, dad? Yeah, I thought this was more creepy and better executed in the 2017 version. Because do you remember in the 90s when Bowers is in the mental institute and Pennywise is communicating with him and they just put his face on the moon? Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, I thought it was better. He was speaking to him through the TV. And didn't they say that he was controlling the adults of Derry with telepathy? And then for the teleportation, I remember when Ben was in the taxi and then he teleported. Well, ben was kind of in the car and passing through the town. And then you see Pennywise waving at him. Oh, on yeah. The, like on the side. Do you remember that scene too? It's when uh, Ben turns his head and there's a balloon and it says, turn back. Basically telling Ben not to go back to Derry when he's oh, an adult. Oh, yeah. With John Ritter, yeah. Well, no one sees that. And there's so many instances where he actually uses his invisibility. In which part? Do you remember in the 90s version when Bill was in Georgie's room and he was looking through the photo album? And all of a sudden, the photo album like flung to the other side of the room and then the picture started bleeding? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, do you remember when Bill's mom picked up the album and she was like looking at it and like there was blood everywhere and it seemed like his parents didn't see anything? Yeah, kind of like how uh, Beverly's dad didn't see the blood in the bathroom. And his hands were all on the sink. Yeah. Oh, that's so disgusting. Speaking of disgusting, 
disgusting. I feel like her scenes always have the most disgusting factors. Do you remember in the 2017 when she was in the bathroom and the girls dumped the trash on her? Oh yeah. So gross. Used tampons? Yeah. <sighs> I think that's the worst feeling. The feeling of wet clothes. I hate it. I think I'd rather see the clown than <laughs> having to deal with the blood all over her and all over the bathroom. Do you remember that girl who tried to get popular sucking on a tampon? Oh, oh, from YouTube? Yeah! Like, oh my god! <laughs> Gross! That's America's youth today. So in the book, they said like Gan helped give powers to the kids to defeat Pennywise, but in the movies, not so much. So did he even have any weaknesses? So when he would shapeshift into other forms, he would assume their characteristics, and this includes their weaknesses. In one instance where he turned into a werewolf, he was shot with silver, and it actually hurt him. I always wondered why silver was a weakness for werewolves. Maybe we can talk about that in a future episode? Maybe. Stay tuned. So the main source of its power actually comes from fear. He thrives on it. He actually likes to induce fear in his victims because he says when that happens, humans will actually release a chemical and he says that it actually makes his victims taste even better and describes it as like salting the meat. So he basically likes to put MSG on his... <laughs> on his food. You could describe it as that. I don't think it negatively impacts him, but he actually needs his victims to fear him. Otherwise, if they don't, his powers actually wear off or his powers become ineffective. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Did you notice when the kids start to kind of fight back, his illusions begin to dissipate? Oh yeah. And he usually retreats. What's interesting is when the kids stand up to him, his powers wear off, but it seems like the adults never really change. They just always stay the same. The adults are so weird. I feel like they were weird in the 90s version, but in the 2017, they were just straight up creepy. Yeah. Like you see how like aloof and dismissive they are with everything, despite being surrounded by all these tragedies. Yeah, you would think they would start freaking out if one of their kids goes missing. Yeah, in the 90s version, like in the opening scene, it's actually a crime scene. And Mike is there trying to tell the cops, hey, something's going on here. And they're like, no, no, it's it, this is just like another case. I'm the professional. I know what's going on. Speaking of Mike, you notice that in the 1990 version, he's the one that researches all the history of Derry, but in the 2017 version, it's actually Ben. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because uh, I remember in the 1990 version, he was actually part of the class, but in the 2017 version, he's actually homeschooled. And then in the 2017 version, Ben is always in the library and he gets bullied a lot. Did you notice in one of the scenes, the librarian in the back is actually Pennywise? No, I didn't. Yeah, if you notice, like every time they switch the frame back to her, she's like inching closer and closer to him. And she's like wearing like a creepy smile too. I have to rewatch it and pay attention. I love watching movies over again just to see the Easter eggs. Oh, we're gonna tell you all about the Easter eggs later in this episode. 
You know what else is creepy is the pharmacist. He was like kind of hitting on Beverly, seemed like. Oh yeah, that predator. So oh. are all the adults? It seems like the ones that Beverly is associated with all seem to come after her. Yeah, even uh, the female adults are weird, like Eddie's mom. Yeah, she, I remember in the 90s version, she was kind of more just like a regular like homemaker that was kind of rude. <laughs> Because I remember one scene where Eddie comes back home and then she tells him not to play with his friends and she looks at the Losers Club and she's like, Shoo! Huh. Yeah, but in this one, she full on insults them, right? Like she goes on to call Beverly basically like a hoe. Yeah. So if it only affects adults in Derry because um, when the Losers Club grows up and they move away, they all go on to live successful lives. Yeah, they become really successful. It was kind of cute because Ben, when he was a kid, he's like this shy, timid kid in his class, but he has like a crush on Beverly, but it seems like she kind of is gravitating more towards Bill. But when Ben gets older, he actually becomes like a really successful architect and has like a woman like basically swooning all over him. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that scene. So in the 2017 version, they actually haven't shown the adults yet. But in the 90s version, they seem to go back and forth with like flashbacks of when they were kids versus like present day when they're adults. Yeah, I think in chapter 2, they're going to do more flashbacks and then present day and flashbacks. So it'll probably feel more like the 90s version, while the chapter 1 of the 2017 version is more linear. So comparing the kids from the 90s to the 2017 version, what do you think? Personally, I like the 2017 cast a little bit more but I only think that's because they're more relevant for today um, because in the 90s version it's basically based in like the 50s 60s right so the kids are more like tame um, it's more entertaining when you hear Richie start cussing he was my favorite part <laughs> like I feel like his jokes were so hilarious <laughs> Yeah, I think him and Eddie have good chemistry. They were so funny. I don't know. I definitely like Beverly a lot better in the 2017 version. Oh, okay. Then who are you most excited to see in Chapter 2 all grown up? Richie. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Hader is hilarious. Bill Hader is the best. He's so funny. <laughs> who do you think will have the biggest character development? Um, I, I'm not sure. I think they all will. I'm curious to see if they keep Mike as the one that stays in Derry and brings everyone back because he's like in the library but in the 2017 version right he's Ben is the one in the library. That was pretty interesting. I'm kind of curious to see too like how Bill is gonna be. In the 2017 version he's a lot more reserved compared to how his character was in the 90s. Oh yeah. And then also, Bill is the one that tells everyone they have to stay together, right? Yeah. And then I wonder if they're gonna just, since they're all separated, how they're gonna interact with each other. I think they're gonna work more as a cohesive unit because their strength actually relies in their numbers. So they're actually gonna do the opposite of every horror movie ever made? Yeah, they're gonna be smart. <laughs> But how about Bowers? Because in the 2017 version, he fell down the well. So do you think he's dead? Because in the 90s version, he's grown up in the insane asylum. Well, you didn't actually see him die, did you? I guess not. Did all Bowers' friends die when they were kids? No. I don't think it showed. Well, no, never mind. They killed that Adam Driver knockoff. Oh, you talk <laughs> about the one that uh, died in the sewers? Yeah, I was like, what's Kylo? doing here <laughs> should have used the force then <laughs> <laughs> that 
That was so corny. Bauer's friend Belch seemed a lot nicer in the newer, the 2017 one. Because remember when Ben was getting cut? Yeah. He was actually like, whoa, whoa. But I don't remember him even saying anything or doing anything remotely nice in the 90s version. He had a name? Because um, he seemed so insignificant. Well, he was burping everywhere. That's why they called him Belch. Oh, okay. So I have a question. Then how does Pennywise wake up because in the beginning of the movie georgie dies but then he doesn't kill again in like another four months till the end of school right no remember he's killing all those kids oh how does he awaken then so it actually awakens every 27 years but in the 90s version they say it's every 30 years it's normally due to an extreme act of violence that awakens him and it's also the same thing that actually puts him back into hibernation that's a interesting easter egg because the 1990 version is exactly 27 years from the 2017 version. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought that was pretty interesting. So in the film, one instance was actually the Ironworks factory explosion in 1908. It killed 102 victims and 88 of them were actually kids at an Easter egg hunt. Is that why in the library when he went downstairs, the soldier was dropping eggs? Yeah, it was a burnt Easter egg. Oh, okay. Why did it only go for kids? Because it seemed like he had power over the adults as well. He liked eating the kids because they were easier to lure and manipulate. He would actually use Pennywise the Dancing Clown as a way to lure in kids because, you know, when you think about clowns, they're supposed to be entertainment for children, right? Yeah. It was easier for them to be lured in. I don't think clowns are good entertainment because I remember first instance that I dealt with a clown was Ronald McDonald. Really? Yeah, we in the commercials. He was a freaky clown that just kept on smiling. Oh, you didn't like him? No, I didn't. Did you ever play in the play place? Yeah, I did. Have you ever heard of those stories where they talk about how there's actually poop in the play place? No. <laughs> I think I saw a video, I don't know what she was doing in there, but she actually found a piece of fecal matter in one of the tunnels. That's so disgusting. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I would hear like, or I don't know if they were more like urban legends, but they would say, oh, don't go in the ball pit because there's like needles in there that are used. I remember that too. Really? Yeah. Speaking of shitty places, Mike calls them all back on a promise if it ever returns that they would come back and kill it again. So if he's actually not the one in the library, who is it that calls everyone back? Yeah, because in the original movie, he's the only one that stays in Derry. In the 90s film, he actually makes a remark about how he goes back to the sewer to get the silver. Do you remember that scene where Mike drops the bolt gun ammo? Oh yeah, when um, he was trying to reload it, right? When he had that whole fight with Bowers. Yeah. They intentionally showed that, right? Yeah, they did. I'm assuming that's what one of them goes back to retrieve it. Yeah, but not all of them returned. Uh, remember, it was Stan that decided he didn't want to go back, so he killed himself in the tub. That scene was pretty creepy to me, too. I'm assuming they're going to keep that in the movie as well for chapter two. Yeah. Do you remember that scene in the bathtub? His wife finds him, and then he has it written. Oh, in, in his blood, right? Yeah. That was creepy. Yeah, and then do you remember when 
the Losers Club starts to all come back to Derry. And then I think it was Bill and Richie that Pennywise actually hints to them that there's a member in their group that is no longer alive. Oh, you're talking about the graveyard scene, right? Where he had dug up like seven graves and one of them where he had a tombstone or something. Yeah, and then the scene where Richie is driving and he sees the Paramount Theater and it actually shows Stan and his birth year and the year he died. Oh. Kind of like a gravestone. Huh. I don't remember that part. That's interesting. Yeah, but he's also not the only one of the Losers Club to die. Oh yeah, it's at the very end when they fight the spider thing, right? Yeah, they killed little Eddie. Oh yeah, I remember that. He um, gets picked up and crushed by the spider. Yeah, but in the book, he actually dies the same way Georgie did, where he gets his arm bitten off and he bleeds out. I wonder why they changed that. That would have been a good, I guess, circle back. Well, they might actually do it in chapter two. That's true. And I know a lot of people had a problem with the ending of the original 90s version because of the whole spider thing. Do you remember how they pushed it over? <laughs> if they're like Chris Redfield where he can push boulders. They can push a whole spider over. Oh my god. Are you talking about <laughs> Resident Evil 5? Yeah. When he punches the boulder. Yeah. He's jacked. That's why he could do it. <laughs> and then they did the same thing. They, they pushed over the large spider and started beating it to death. That's true. I know they ganged up on him. Kind of like how they ganged up on him in the 2017 version. Remember in the very end where all the kids started fighting him? Oh yeah. I thought that uh, played out a lot better. Oh yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I wonder how they're going to do the ending because I just feel like a spider. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm scared of spiders, but a spider as it, whatever. Actually, Stephen King, one of his complaints of his books are that he doesn't know how to end his books well. Really? Yeah. So, and I also heard in chapter two, he's going to have a cameo in it. Kind of like how Stan Lee has cameos in Marvel movies. Has he done it before? I'm not sure if he has, but people are talking about wondering if it's going to be his new horror verse. Yeah, I was wondering that too because didn't the Dark Tower release a couple years ago? Yeah, and then um, in the book, they're saying that he brought back all his old characters, like Pennywise, right, or something? I Okay, so there's an interesting fact. The spider that it takes a form of is actually a female. Really? Yeah, she's pregnant, so... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and that character that you're talking about in the Dark Tower, I think is supposed to be its offspring. Huh. Yeah. So he does try to tie everything back in his books. I I guess so. I don't know. This whole universe is just weird. Like, I don't know. To be honest, we can't really touch on this because we've both never seen the movie or read the book. <laughs> Speaking of trivias, I think it's time for trivia time. Okay. One thing that we found out was one of its names is actually Robert Gray. And this character was actually the original Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Another correlation between them is that they both preyed on children. This Robert Gray character was actually based off of a real serial killer too. Huh. There's actually a few serial killer themes in this movie. So the serial killer they based this Robert Gray character off of would actually assault and torture children. And he would even resort to cannibalism in some instances. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty sick. 
And in the 2017 version, they actually do a nod to John Wayne Gacy, the other serial killer. Another reason to make Hans even more terrifying. Oh yeah, didn't they do a nod to him in the 2017 remake where Richie is taunted by that clown on stage? It's very subtle, but if you actually pay close attention, you'll notice that everyone else on stage doesn't even interact with him. Another nod to a, a famous clown, well actually Tim Curry's version of it, was in the clown room where Richie walks in. Do you remember that scene? That room was terrifying. I would pass out. Yeah, that's probably one of the, one of the freakiest or scariest settings in a movie, I think. Just a dark room full of clowns and, or actually like mannequin clowns. Yeah, they were creepy. Did you notice in that one frame? It was very dark. As Richie is moving deeper into the room, you notice one clown actually pans his head around and follows Richie. Yeah, that's the classic yeah, horror trick. That was creepy. I don't know. I, ugh, I don't blame him. I have that same fear. There's also another not an old horror movie. It's the scene where Beverly is pulled into her sink and then the blood just splatters everywhere. Oh, um, yeah. That's actually a nod to the 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, Johnny Depp's character where he gets sucked into the bed and uh, blended up. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Freddy! He was terrifying too when I was a kid. Yeah, that was probably my most feared out of the horror icons. Really? Yeah. More than, well, yeah, I thought he was more scarier than Jason or Michael Myers, appearance-wise. Yeah, plus Jason and Michael Myers, they never talk. Yeah, and they have masks. Freddy was just like, yeah, like the inside of your colon. <laughs> yeah, he was creepy. Were you scared of Chucky? No, I actually thought he was pretty funny, though. Really? Yeah, see, you know, he talks a lot of shit and then... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's my favorite. <laughs> Were you scared of Pinhead? I wasn't scared of Pinhead. I was. I only watched the first Hellraiser, and it was too, uh, too gory. I like. I don't like the torture gore. What about Leatherface? Face. Uh, I never really watched any of uh, Texas Chainsaw movies. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Matthew McConaughey was in one of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, that'll be the end of our episode. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of our podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OminousPod. If you liked this episode, please be sure to subscribe or even leave us a comment letting us know what you thought. We post episodes every week, so be sure to tune in next week for another horror topic. As always, keep, keep it, it creepy! creepy.